This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories from my fabulous trip to Churchill, Canada. Stories about polar bears, throw-up, codes, kayaks, bugs, spray paint, tray tables, and helicopters. The music for this show is underwater sounds of beluga whales. Let's get on with the show. So you guys know I've been thinking and preparing for this trip to Churchill, Canada to see the beluga whales ever since I went to Churchill, Canada in November to see the polar bears. (laughs) So I've been very excited. You think you have all your ducks in a row. And I had a Amsterdam trip, two days off, and then it's off to Churchill to see the beluga whales. Well, those two days off, which seemed plenty of time, I had to finish editing the podcast, post it, because I was going to be in Churchill on the 7th. So, and I had to pack, you know, it's like, uh, but I had put a lot of the stuff, you know, to the side because I needed hats and gloves and scarves and fleece. (laughs) You know, it's a subarctic. It's on the edge of the Arctic. So, I'm my Amsterdam layover, and now it's the day we're coming home. It's really early. I have now learned, because it's been such a crazy summer with so many delays and cancellations, that I put my phone on the coffee maker to look at, see if the flight's on time before I even make the coffee, before I get in the shower, because there's a good chance I can go back to bed. And the other thing is, the company, they don't want to wake you up in your precious sleep Uh, if you're delayed, so they put a note under your door. So I look over, there's a note under the door, and it's like, oh, crap. (laughs) And it says, you will now be taking the flight the next day. I'm like, the next day, oh, oh, okay, okay. I still have one day to finish the podcast, post it, pack and then off to Churchill. So I'm like, okay, you know, not so bad. An extra day in Amsterdam. That's okay. And there's a note on the door. There ended up being four notes under the door, four notes under the door. And we were 50 hours late, 
50 hours late. Now, granted, I work for the airline. I know you guys, everybody will complain when their flight's 50 hours late. But it's really a problem when you're going to Churchill, Canada, to see the beluga whales. So I, I realize you can't complain about this to most people. Like, to have an extra two days in Amsterdam sounds great to everybody. But not when you're going to Churchill to see the beluga whales. So now, the flight that I can get on, that I have a jump seat on, will now get me home around midnight. Midnight. And the next day, I have to leave bright and early to go to Canada. And it's like, how am I going to finish editing the podcast? How am I going to get everything packed? I, I was telling myself, okay, well, you just won't sleep at all. You won't sleep at all. You'll sleep on your three flights to Canada. So because it's been such a crazy summer, we only have one flight a day. There's only one flight a day from Minneapolis to Winnipeg. And then I have I have a real ticket. I didn't... I. The last time I went standby in November to see the bears, but they had told me that they rarely get standbys on because they have so much cargo because there's no roads that go in to Churchill and there's only a train twice a week. So they put a lot of cargo on the flight to Churchill. So I didn't want to risk it. And I ended up getting a good discount on a real ticket from Winnipeg to Churchill. But I was nervous because there's only one flight a day. And by the time you get to your hotel, it's going to be like 10 p.m. Then I'll have to get up at 3 a.m. to make my real ticket from Winnipeg, Winnipeg to Churchill. So what I decided to do months ago, I, I have a lot of hotel points because I use credit. I use hotel credit cards so that I can get points. So sometimes I don't have to pay for hotels. So I had enough points for an extra night in Winnipeg. So this way I wouldn't have to worry about missing my flight to Churchill. But now, since I've had four notes under my door in Amsterdam, <laughs> I'm going to get home at midnight. The thought is, don't have the extra day in Winnipeg. This way you'll have a day to post the podcast and pack and then go to Churchill and hopefully your three flights to Winnipeg will be on time and you'll make the flight. But you know what? There was just something nag nagging at me going, no, it's a real ticket and you, you, have your, you have your tours booked in Churchill and you have your hotel. And then there's so few hotels. I wanted to stay longer in Churchill and I couldn't because there weren't any other hotels to book. So I basically thought, no, just don't sleep. Have the, You can sleep in Winnipeg. And it turns out it was such a good decision because I talked to a girl later in Churchill. And that next day, if I had done that, that flight was canceled, the flight from Minneapolis to Winnipeg. So I would not have made it. <laughs> and I would have been like, ooh, it all worked out. And it's like, hallelujah. <laughs> so now I have a whole day in Winnipeg. And I had looked, you know, you do your due diligence, looks, things to do. I had like three things I'd want to do. I've never really been to Winnipeg. When, last time I just had a few hours at the airport hotel both ways and that's it. So I decided to go to the zoo. Now I'm not usually a big fan of zoos because I like to see animals in the wild, but I thought, you know, I'll wander around the zoo. And you know what? I really enjoyed myself. Maybe sometimes, sometimes it's low expectations. It can be anything um, looking to fill the day. And I had a great time at the Winnipeg Zoo. Apparently, I didn't know 
that they have a whole exhibit of Discover Churchill. <laughs> and they've made what they, they they've made it look like Churchill down to their restaurant. They have the tundra. <laughs> And they have one there at the... No, granted, it's not the same. But they have it made to look like that. And they have some polar bears. And they have polar bears in... They have a water feature for the polar bears and some seals. So that you can, just like you would in an aquarium, like in Atlanta, you can see, like, right on the other side of the glass, polar bears swimming. And this was really fun for me because I'd seen a bunch of polar bears in Churchill in November. But this was like seeing them in a whole different light and so close and in the water. And it was, I stayed in there for a long time watching these polar bears. <laughs> it was really, really fun. I asked one of the workers at the zoo, I said, so do the bears like to swim so much because it's hot outside for them and the water's cooler? And she's like, yeah, but she said, every once in a while, the workers will nudge them into the water with some watermelon. I'm like, polar bears like watermelon? She's like, yeah, everyone likes watermelon. I was non-revving. I was a passenger yeah. on this flight and I had a seating coach, a middle seat from LaGuardia to Atlanta, which I yeah. was so happy to get on. And then uh, I had a lady behind me that was traveling with a child. His name was Jake. <laughs> you know his name. <laughs> yeah, because the baby was very active. So the whole flight, Jake, sit down. Jake, don't oh, yes. do this. Jake, do that. And then on landing, Jake puked out. <laughs> and the mother went, Jake, what's going on? And the mother started vomiting as well. Oh, she started like as a reflex. It's one of those people that yes. they see somebody puking and they just go start puking So did they well. get it on you? You know something? They were behind me. Yes. So, so I was very um, disturbed by the, <laughs> by the entire event, to say the least. I make it to Churchill, even after four notes under my door, being 50 hours late, getting back from Amsterdam. I get to Churchill. And one of the things I was excited about is I wanted to see the difference in the seasons in such a remote area. So I had been there in November where it's covered in feet of crunchy snow, <laughs> you know, with polar bears. And I, I was curious to see how it would look in the summer. Would it be kind of desolate and barren without the snow? But you know what? It was pretty. I mean, there's wild, these purple wildflowers everywhere. I found out later it's called fireweed and they make a really good jelly out of it even though I went everywhere and they were all sold out of the fireweed jelly. Anyway, get from the airport marveling at how different it looked in the summer compared to the white winter. And then my first thing, I have a zodiac whale watching tour scheduled. We get out on the water. We weren't in the water for 30 seconds before we saw beluga whales. And it's like, yay! Yay! <laughs> they were everywhere. They get 50,000 beluga whales. No, not actually. It, it's like a total in the area of 50,000, but they get out ton of beluga whales and they're everywhere and they come right up to the boat it was so exciting it was like lots of ah, lots of squealing 
<laughs> Super fun. And you know, I'm always interested in everything. And we had this great non-binary guide and um, they were tell they, they were on the walkie-talkie and I had already established a really nice rapport and they were great and super excited. It's nice when the guides are also, you know, they see the whales all the time, but it's still exciting. <laughs> They're still having fun. And so they are on their walkie-talkie and uh, they say, I hear somebody say, there's a sandwich by the fort. And I'm thinking, there's a sandwich. We're on the water in a Zodiac there's a sandwich at the fort. And I found out later, because I got friendly with the guide, uh, that they don't want the guests. So we had like eight people on the Zodiac. They don't want the guests to hear there's a polar bear by the fort. Because if you hear that, you're going to get super excited because it's the summer and lots of times you don't see a bear. And if you hear there's a polar bear at the fort, your expectations are going to zoom right up and like, polar bear, polar bear, polar bear. <laughs> but polar bear, the initials are PB, like PB and J. So PB and J. So <laughs> they called the polar bears a sandwich. I found this fascinating. <laughs> So we saw four sandwiches. We saw four polar bears on my first Zodiac, the first day in Churchill, Canada in the summer. Very exciting. Now I did, I, I saw this British woman at the Winnipeg Zoo and she was going to Churchill to see the polar bears. And I was thinking, you know, you're most likely going to be disappointed. It's a bonus if you see polar bears in the summer. You're going to see them in October, November, but it's the summer. So you better be excited about the whales and not the polar bears. And she was on different tours than I was. And she went out on the tundra buggy. It's interesting you'd go out on the tundra buggy, the big vehicle with the big wheels to go out on the ice because there's any ice. And she was like, and it's all day and it's really expensive. And she's like, we went out on the tundra buggy and we saw one bear and it was so far away it was like teeny tiny and I was thinking yeah because it's the wrong time of year so we saw four sandwiches which was very exciting and then this is the other thing guess what the code is if the polar bear is in the water swimming it's a soggy sandwich <laughs> so I thought that the polar bear calling a polar bear using the code sandwich PB was so smart. And we use codes on the plane all the time about the passengers. So I was flying with these uh, really cute gay guys and they were talking about codes that they use and they'll say to each other, they fly together all the time. Oh, there's two dream boats over there, you know, 15, 15 A and B. But what they're saying by dream boats, DB is douchebags. <laughs> But, you know, nobody's going to mind being called a dream boat. And so then <laughs> I'm on the cart with one of these guys. And it's an Amsterdam trip. And what you, most people would not know because how often do you go through customs and immigration in Amsterdam? Am Amsterdam, like once, twice. But we go through there all the time. And this is highly unusual. But 
the guys who work in customs and immigration at the Amsterdam airport are really dreamboats. I mean, they they could be on a calendar. It's like they, they only hire really handsome men. I don't see them like on the street in Amsterdam. They're all at the airport and we all discuss it. Like every once in a while you get like a normal looking person and it's like a disappointment because we're waiting to see a dreamboat. So <laughs> I'm on the cart with this cute young gay guy and there's this really handsome guy at the window seat like we're doing beverages and I was thinking wow don't see somebody who looks like that and so I said to the cute young gay guy I said uh this guy over here could work at the Amsterdam airport and he's like yes he could (laughs) and then I realized that I could use that with all the flight attendants because everybody knows about the dream boats at the Amsterdam airport someone who's working at the information counter. And Savannah and a lady came down and said, could you tell me where I get my carry-on bags? Carry-on. And they said, well, (laughs) was that luggage you carried onto the plane? And she said, oh, yes, but when we got here, I was so tired. I just thought, now I'll get somebody else to do it. (laughs) So she was down asking where you can pick up your carry-on bags. And they said, sweetie, I think maybe you should go over to Ted Aslip. I want to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You took a couple seconds and went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought The Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau, uh, a Jungle Master Machete, and City Kitty Raised Cat Food Bowl very diverse. (laughs) So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just consider going to my website, bettingthesky.com. You can even bookmark it to make it even faster. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I thank you so very much. So the second day in Churchill, I'm going to kayak. And I was so excited because I kayak all the time at home. I kayak uh, once or twice a week. I'm very comfortable in a kayak, but this was different because I sit on a sit-up-top kayak, and this is one of the ones you sit in, and it has, because it was cold and windy, and um, there was a current, and they said we had to have these skirts, and I'm sure you know what those are. It's like a thing that goes around you, you put over your head, and then it goes around the kayak so you don't get water in it, but if you go upside down, you have to pull something to release it because otherwise you'll be stuck underwater if you capsize. And I was kind of like, oh, well, huh? that, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, you know, okay, so I got my skirt and now we have a rudder on the back where the pedals move the rudder. And I was kind of like, oh, I've never used a rudder. And so uh, the kayaking was great in that you were so close to the whales and whales were coming up all over. I didn't get hardly any photos because uh, that kayak day, um, in order to get a photo, I'd have to take my paddle and secure it in the bungee, get out the camera, and then it's too late. The the whales (laughs) already back in the water so but it was still really fun because like at one point a seal just stuck his head out of the water looked around and I was like ah! 
<laughs> I did a whole bunch of squealing when whales were coming up right by my kayak, but it was hard kayaking. It was hard. It's two hours, and I was getting really tired. And there were some people that were older than me. There were like maybe 16 of us kayaking, and then they had three Zodiac boats just to make sure, you know, everything's fine if anybody gets in trouble. Uh, so, I mean, it was rough. <laughs> And so I see, you know, you're mainly focused on looking at whales, but I look up at one of the Zodiac boats and I see a kayak in it. And one of the kayakers in the Zodiac boat and the guide, Jocelyn, is a female. And I'm kind of thinking, how did she get that person in a kayak into the Zodiac? You know, those big sides on the Zodiac. Um, I was like, huh. So I paddle over there thinking it was an older lady that got tired and that's why they were in the zodiac but as i got closer i realized it was a young guy and i was thinking how did she so i get over there and i'm like how did you get him in his kayak on your zodiac and she goes he wasn't in his kayak he was in the water and i was like oh so he had capsized he had to pull that that thing to take the skirt off and you know the water's cold and I was thinking wow and I say to the guy I go uh was it scary and he goes I wouldn't recommend it I got the sounds for the belugas because when you were out on a zodiac or a boat they would put a microphone in the water when we were around whales and uh the guy, Jocelyn, just happened to be telling an interesting story as I was recording the beluga whale sounds yeah, so there's, um, there's a pretty amazing scientist who's done research on their vocalizations. Um, she has been able to distinguish just, just 18 different sounds, and she's been doing it for 20 years. So uh, she did her master's thesis on um, something called the contact call, and so she wanted to establish that belugas make this sound. Every social species of, in the world makes a contact call. And it's basically the mom calling to the infant. And like that kind of just association. And it's, it's almost like imprinting a name or imprinting on that infant so that if they were to get separated, she can call them back. So. Uh, anyway, so. When you're studying these sounds, having the belugas in captivity, that's where you really have to do it. Because we don't know what the range is of this microphone. Even though we see a whale here, and we see, oh, maybe he's, uh, I don't know, maybe he's feeding. Maybe it's a different whale making that sound. Maybe it's this guy over here. Some bubbles? Oh, the bubbles are here. Um, so she's been, more bubbles? So she's been able to determine 18 sounds, and, and not really like words, but just intentions. Just like this is aggressive, and this is uh, this is like there's a familiaration sound that they make when they recognize like their handler out of the aquarium. So that's just all these little sounds. And she she would listen listen to this and say, oh, this is a contact call. Listen, oh, listen, that's aggressive. Well, there is something. This music is from the group The Fugitives. It's a country western, and it has to do with this next story. So Churchill 
I think is fantastic, especially just because of the wildlife and the remoteness. But, you know, it does come with its quirks. <laughs> you know, um, there's only a few restaurants. So after the the wavy kayak and then that afternoon, I did another Zodiac trip that was part whale watching, part uh fort tour and you get some history of the area which was interesting and I get back and uh, my plan is to go to the tundra which is my favorite restaurant there which the night before I had the arctic char it's so good it's the fish that you only have in that area it's in like the salmon family it's like part it's it's delicious so that's the plan and I prance over there it's a little town doesn't take long to get there and there's a note on the door closed for a private event and it's like okay so next I go to the seaport which is kind of like a diner and that was always my go-to the last time I was there if there was any uh if the restaurants were full and they're closed because of staffing all right I'm going down to the lazy bear (laughs) it's kind of the fancy hotel that you really can't even stay in unless you're on like a uh, all-inclusive really really expensive tour and uh, the food's good there and so um, go down to the lazy bear and there's a sign on the door that says closed for a private event and I'm like closed for a private event oh no I asked the girl at the front desk I said um is there any other place to eat because the tundra is closed for a private event the seaport is closed and you're closed and the grocery store is already closed and she's like yeah there's no other place and it's like there's very few places that you can't get dinner (laughs) I mean places in the world (laughs) and now you're facing like okay it's a no dinner night I I always have food all flight attendants carry nuts or a granola bar we carry stuff in our bag for such a situation but because I was taking I didn't want to check a bag and I was taking a fleece and hat and gloves and kayak stuff and and waterproof shoes and kayak I didn't have any space all the extra stuff had come out of my bag so it was like okay uh, not only are you not gonna have dinner I don't want anything to do So I'm thinking, okay, so I'm walking back and there's another, there's a hotel that there's a restaurant. But when I was there the last time, that restaurant was always closed. So I thought, well, it's last ditch effort and it was open. It's like a local place. Some other tourists had said, well, that place is kind of rough. And I'm like, well, I don't care if it's rough. It's open. So I was like, so they were like busy and they kept saying, well, it's going to take us a while. I'm like, you take your time. I'm just happy you're open. I don't even care what the food tastes like. And so I was very excited just to have a place to eat. And then I'm leaving and there's a sign because it's a local place that says there's a dance at the Legion. And I'm like, a dance at the Legion? Well, I don't have anything else to do. So I'm going to the dance at the Legion. (laughs) And it turned out it was really an interesting event because these people had come up on the train They're mainly older people who follow this group around because it was live music. And dance so that they they're like old groupies <laughs> not groupies but I mean that that's not the right word but I'm saying they just follow this group around <laughs> and dance and I had fun talking to people and I had fun talking to some local people who live off the grid and don't have running water and uh, in 
and Churchill. And it was it was just a very interesting evening. They were like waltzing. Um, I really enjoyed myself. And then later, a couple of days later, in the lobby of my hotel, this lady goes, you look just like this lady that was at the dance the other night. And I'm like, yeah, it was me. So the bugs are bad in Churchill. Luckily, I didn't get that many bites, but they were like, they'd like swarm around your face, which is very disconcerting. And I guess sometimes you can get, and some people really get bit up. But my first guide on the Zodiac uh, said, oh, you know, you can get a bug jacket. And I assumed when she said bug jacket, she meant a jacket that was treated with bug repellent until she got out her bug jacket. And it's like a net jacket that goes over your face like a beekeeper. (laughs) It's literally like a bug net jacket. Every once in a while, I get a letter from a listener and I just have to read it to you guys. This one was especially touching. This comes from Juan, and he wrote, I've been wanting to write to you for a while. I just didn't know how to put the words together. I'm 50 years old. I was born in Venezuela and moved to America in 2001. Then in 2013, I moved to Massachusetts and had a long commute to go to work at Boston every day to my banking job. One day, browsing for podcasts to listen to while I was driving, I found yours, and it changed my life. Since I was a kid, I wanted to be in aviation. I remember being young and looking at those Pan Am flight attendants. They were so elegant and classy, and and I thought, I want to do that too. Then life comes, and plans change. Besides, it was so difficult at the end of the 80s to get hired with an airline. And I remember listening to all of your podcasts from the beginning. Every one of them fascinated me. Every adventure, every story, everything. Then, in 2018, I quit my banking job and applied at JetBlue. They hired me on the spot for customer service at the airport. I still remember the day I was driving the jet bridge and got a thumbs up from the flight attendant to open the aircraft door and say hello to the crew, and I thought, I'm close to my dream. Three years after that, I applied for an in-flight position, and I got it, made it through training. And one of the instructors said that she used to work at a different airline, and I asked her in secret, do you know Betty? And she said, yes. (laughs) I wanted, okay, so now he's now in training at my airline. And he said, I wanted to take a minute to say thank you for your inspiration, your words, and your presence always reminding me that there is no limit and a whole world is out there to be discovered. How nice is that? Thank you, Juan. I had a mother with her young baby on a flight and rather than going to the lavatory to pull down the tray table to change her baby's diaper, the changing table, the changing table in the lavatory, she pulled the tray table in front of her seat and proceeded to change her baby's dookie bottom right there on a tray table where other passengers would be dining later. It's horrible. But it was nasty right there in the aisle with other people around and that baby's poopy diaper. The air, a poopy diaper right there. People are so. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> the hotel I was staying at, the Polar Inn, is also where they run the tours, the Sea North tours, which are all the Zodiacs and um, the 
kayak tour. So it was very handy. I learned that the last time that I could be do everything in one place. And in front of the hotel, they have this boat that was used in the movie that was filmed in Churchill called The Journey Home. It's about a baby polar bear going home. Well, my guide told me that He took me to some of the places where the movie was filmed, and I intend on finding that film and watching it. Uh, But he also told me that the baby polar, they had a baby polar bear that they were going to use for the movie, but the baby polar bear wasn't a good actor. Like, he wouldn't do what they wanted, what the film crew wanted the polar bear to do. So they got a baby grizzly bear and spray-painted the grizzly cub white. This podcast is sponsored by CopyMyCrypto.com. It's a membership site that shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do what he does. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. His top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 410 times from when he said. That one call alone has let some people retire, even young people in their 20s and 30s. So if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, head over to copymycrypto.com slash Betty. That's B-E-T-T-Y. Copymycrypto.com slash Betty. And remember, all investing involves risk. So I had booked this tour. There was going to be a hike to... um, the Ithaca, which is a shipwreck, and the weather was terrible. It was part of the reason why I booked this tour, because I knew the kayaking was not going to be good. <laughs> so I was just looking for something to do the last day. I had to check out of my hotel. My flight wasn't until 6. And um, another tourist had said she had gone on a tour with Discover Churchill, and she said Alex was just a fantastic tour. And um, here's a little story from Alex. So... This is your first polar bear encounter? My first scary polar bear Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not the scariest, but my first scary one. So, uh, my, uh, one of my days off in, in Churchill, I uh, did what most other people do, and we go looking for wildlife, and uh, sure enough, see this bear uh, walking down the coast. And I had this bright idea of going towards the Churchill Golf Balls, which are abandoned radar station. And I figured if I climbed up on the roof, I'd have a great vantage point of this bear. So you climbed up there to see the bear? I climbed up there to see the bear. I figured I'd have a, a, a great view of it. Right. And um, I didn't really realize that the way the wind was blowing, it would blow my smell straight to the bear. So I still got my eyes on this bear. And he's like, got his head up and he's sniffing the air. And he's walking right towards me. And I'm like... Perfect. My plan is working. Yeah, look at that great photo opportunity. Yeah. So he w- walks right up to the golf balls. And uh, when you say the golf balls, it's a giant radar station. Abandoned radar station. Yeah. So he walks right up to it, uh, walks around it, and then goes out to this little building that sticks out from it. And there's a ledge there. And this bear was trying to jump on the ledge. And at that point, I realized that that bear was trying to get at me. 
Yeah, well, then you're like you're trapped if it's trying to get up there. Exactly. And if that bear was able to make it on the ledge, it would have been a hop, skip, and a jump before it was on the roof with me. Uh, so it, it's a really humbling experience to 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 experience having a bear want to eat you. Yeah. Luckily for me, though, there was another truck uh, that came around the corner uh, who saw what was happening, oh. and uh, she ended up laying on the horn and ended up scaring the bear off. Uh, so I got lucky. Yeah, well, time. it's very interesting to think of yourself as prey. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't actually know if that bear was able to make it up on there, but when I realized what that bear was trying to do, um, it, it kind of put things into perspective yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> So after he told me that story, and I was talking about being prey, I happened to bring up the story that I told after I went to Churchill in November to see the bears about the local girl who had gotten mauled by a polar bear. And he goes, oh, well, she's one of my best friends. And then he told me the story with so much more detail, and it was so interesting in that it was Halloween night. And his friend had been dressed as a bumblebee. They had gone to, I guess, Halloween night is the biggest night in Churchill. And everybody goes to the seaport. And then afterwards, uh, they had gone to somebody's house for an after party. So now it's like 1.30 in the morning. She and three friends are walking home. She's dressed as a bumblebee. And they run into a large male polar bear. Now... They all run. You're not supposed to. But what are you, you going to do if you run into a polar bear walking home at 1.30 night? They all run. The polar bear went after the bumblebee. Everybody in town has a theory about why he went after the bumblebee. She was on her period and she had worked at a bakery earlier that day. So she might have smelled the best. So he goes after the bumblebee and he... That's terrible to say, but he scalped her. And now a neighbor heard her screaming. This guy in his 60s, very brave of this man, goes out with a shovel and starts hitting the polar bear on the head with his shovel. So then the polar bear attacks that guy. Now, everything's a small in Churchill. So the hotel I was staying at, it's um, run by a husband and wife and their three kids. And the youngest kid sees what's going on. He's in his underwear, goes out and gets in his truck and hits the polar bear with his truck, which finally makes the polar bear disengage and run away. So the next day, the authorities are going to look for this bear because this is a very problematic bear. And they shot the wrong bear. And the bear they shot had two cubs. And so then those two cubs were the bears that I saw at the Winnipeg Zoo that I was spending all that time with. It's weird how st stories can come full circle. But the rest of the story was also very interesting. Alex, his name's Alex DeVries. He's a very prominent photographer in Churchill. And if you want to see good pictures of polar bears and the northern lights, I'm like, oh, look at my website. My website's nothing compared to this guy. It's at discover underscore Churchill. And wow, does he have some good photos. So now after she healed the girl that got scalped, she wanted to go to Winnipeg to go to the zoo to see the cubs that were orphaned basically 
because of her. So now Alex and she go to Winnipeg and they go to the zoo. Now they hired a guide. I didn't have a guide. And the guide is following her script, you know, the, her spiel that she does on the guide. And they get to the polar bears and she said, well, these two cubs are here because there was a girl, a local girl in Churchill that got scalped and they, they accidentally killed the wrong bear. And that's why these two cubs are here. And so then she goes, yeah, that's me. But the docent, the person giving the guide, I guess it was too much information for her or something, but she just kept going on. She ignored the fact that this is the girl that she's talking about and kept going on with her spiel. So then they get to the gift shop and she's going on with her spiel. And there's um, all the postcards and calendars and stuff are Alex's uh, work. And so she says, oh, yes, and this this calendar and all these postcards, this is from a local artist in Churchill, Canada. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And again, she just ignored it and kept going on. It's crazy. I mentioned the polar bear jail the last time I was talking about Churchill when I went to see the bears. And, uh, and the, the polar bear jail has a fantastic mural on it. And there's murals all over Churchill. And that was because they had a special fair where they had artists come to paint these murals. I find the murals fascinating. And the the artist who painted the jail, and she's done a lot of the murals in Churchill, was actually in Churchill. And I saw her painting a polar bear mural at Alex's office. Okay, so now Alex was telling me the first time he went to Churchill, I didn't realize that after the polar bears spend the 30 days in jail, if they're naughty and they come into town, they sedate the bears and take him in a net under a helicopter to relocate them. And he said the first time he was there and he saw a helicopter with a net hanging under it and three polar bears in it, he thought, well, this is a very unique place. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. You know, when I was in Churchill in the summer, it was just glorious. And at one point when I was kayaking and there were whales coming up right by my kayak and I was squealing like, oh, 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 I was thinking, you know, life is grand. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Hey, kids, when you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seatbelts are fastened for takeoff. The signal is strong Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high-heel shoes
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.